Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Touch our hearts, touch our hearts. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. best to uh, to not speak lengthy but um, by God's grace he'll touch our hearts and uh, you could be healed while we while we they're standing here right now We, we have faith in the house. Hello? Yes, yes. We have, his presence is here. And, you know, with, with God, you could be a stranger. In other words, maybe, maybe it's your first time here. I can tell you, I know in my heart that God was anticipating our being here today to give him praise. I know that. So um, I'm going to read from the book of Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 and um, well you're turning there or they're putting it on the screen. I want to say um I mean, we will all miss Pastor today because he, th- though he is my son, he, without question, is an incredible preacher, anointed. I don't I think he got a lot of that from his mother. Me, <laughs> when I feel God's presence, I just like explode. So, um, I'm going to do my best today to try to communicate what I feel God has put on my heart. And I believe the evidence that there are so many wonderful friends that have joined us today 
is just evidence that God, God's right on target. He, he knows what he's doing. And um, so we're going to read this one verse, and then I'm going to do my best. Uh, I represent the old school. Whatever that means is like, as you get older, they say you have no filter. That just means like, hello, I'm here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to say what I feel the Spirit speaks to me. I'm not purposely trying to offend anybody, but no guarantees. I certainly am going to do my best to reach the hearts of people for Jesus. Um, my wife and I have been now in ministry. Well, we've been married 50 years and been in ministry for almost that long. Um, and um, we just, this is what we do. And I don't know how to do some of the new school stuff. So we're just going to feel after Jesus. Is that all right? Even if it's not, it's what we're going to do. But So the verse is found in, that I'm going to use is Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And um, you could be seen it. So, um, again, I thank you, everyone. I may not have met you all uh, previously. I'm excited that all across the land I see the Spirit of God, the evidence of the Spirit of God moving upon hearts. About uh, 17 years ago, my wife and I, we had pastored here 25 years. That was another generation ago. I saw my elder here, Brother Scriber. Good to see him today. And, um, and I saw Sister Gray. But most of the old school, they're on the other side waiting on us to get there. So um, I'm just uh, thrilled to have the opportunity again. In the 17 years that we were, or about that, that we were in D.C. starting churches, there were three there have been three works that have been started. A fourth one is being launched even now in the southeast quadrant of the city. We have uh, a Spanish work that we started, muy poquito espanol, but, uh, but I found out how to say one phrase, uh, Dios le bendiga. And then I would, <laughs> I would walk down the streets because I found out that when I got there, I was shocked that many Americans had left and the Hispanic people had moved in. And so as I began to walk the streets and really just say that one phrase, which means God bless you, God began to give us an Hispanic revival. And today, Pastor Garza, Pastor and Sister Garza, who he was here for a while, uh, was not a preacher, not licensed as a minister, but when he came to D.C., because the government gave him orders to come to D.C., they came and worked with us. Sister Garza, if you've never met her, she's an incredible, classy lady. But to know her testimony is, like, amazing. She was in prison four times for, uh, uh, well, drug-related issues. 
But if you saw her today and listened to her, it would be shocking to you at what God has done. And uh, not only done, but is doing through them. And that church continues to grow. And then uh, the mother church, um, Eric and Jody, are there today. And I do ask you to pray for them. In that work, we baptized about 30 um, folks from Buddhist background and um, very, very multicultural nations from all over the world that will be there right now while we're here. They are worshiping there. And uh, so we have been blessed to see the evidence of the wonder-working power of God in every culture We believe that we are witnessing, even here today, we are witnessing the fulfillment of the the prophecy given by Joel that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And of course, then uh, Brent and Jolene, they took a group and they started a work in the Quasco. And just last week, they bought their property and building and... um, Their work is also growing, and the amazing things are happening as they are here. Amazing things are happening around the globe. The birth of the Spirit is happening to all cultures. And I just say, we're glad you're here today. We hope that somehow the Spirit of God will be able to communicate to you as to what is happening. Um, We get caught up in it. Um, you know, it's now been 51 years ago for me that Jesus touched my life, delivered me from drugs, alcohol, tobacco, a filthy mouth, and a filthy heart. Hello? Well, most of the I'm kidding. So, but, uh, but, and when he touched me, he changed me forever. And it became my mission to reach everybody I could with the story of Jesus and the the outpouring of the Spirit. Because there have been many people who have tried to do what they should do and live how they should live without the power of the Spirit. And it's just not possible. It's not possible to do and be what God wants you to be through your own strength, through your own power. It's not possible. But when the Spirit of the Lord comes in, But when the spirit of the living God comes into your life, there's no mountain too high. There's no valley too deep. There's no river too wide. There's no sin so great. There's no sickness that he cannot heal. And so, uh, yeah. So old school, we just had church. And so uh, I, I don't know. I, I understand that today, well, we won't go there. We're just going to talk about what God's doing. What God, those To lift your spirit. If you don't yet know it, you will. God is pouring out his spirit everywhere. You may disagree with me. That, that's not the point. I'm not here to argue with you. I'm here to tell you somewhere you're going to meet God. Somewhere God's going to touch your life. Somehow God is going to open your understanding that you cannot live a satisfied life on your own 
in your own ways, doing your own thing. And, you know, I look around and I see some people that I did know, that do know, but they're not the people that I knew when I met them. And um, it's because Jesus, he is the master at changing lives. It's just amazing. So, I want to preach from this verse concerning Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was given the task of rebuilding the temple that had been destroyed. And there was uh, forces that opposed that. And there were obstacles that had to be overcome. And this is really the context of what I want to speak to us today is that it may look impossible when you look at where you are and where God wants to take you. It may look like it's not possible, but Zerubbabel was given a word from God. And God said to Zerubbabel, it's not by might, nor yet by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And I'm here to tell somebody today, you may look at the future right today feeling no hope and like it's impossible. But there is a word from God that is speaking in our world today. It's not by might nor yet by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So I want to take a few minutes and talk to us a bit about the anointing. I want to talk, I want to preach to us about anointing. What is anointing? That's old church. That's, hello, that's old timey. And, um, but it's the great need of our hour. It's not just that we have beautiful voices. We need them to be anointed. It's not that we just have a nice building. We need the anointing. We must have the anointing of God to make a difference in our world. There is a tendency to feel intimidated, probably for many reasons, in our world. To stand up and say, you're not going to get it done through the works of your flesh. Your talents are not going to do it. Your money's not going to buy it. Your abilities are not going to accomplish it because God has said it's not by might. It's not by your might. It's not by your power, but by the Spirit of God moving, moving. When we look back over the last 100 years or so now, actually every Pentecostal revival, actually far, it touched more than that, but we'll just start with that point. Every Pentecostal revival that's taken place in the last 100 years in America started in a, a little place, first of all, in Topeka, Kansas, where a man who, yes, he suffered uh, racial discrimination, but he didn't let his discrimination stop him from taking this beautiful gospel across all the way across the country to Los Angeles, California, where there he began to preach. He didn't have a building. They locked him out of the building. So he stood on the front porch of a little house 
And he began to preach, and neighbors came from all over the city of Los Angeles, and the baptism of the Spirit was poured out all across that, not only in the city, they came from around the globe. They came from Sweden, and they came from Africa, and they came, hello, they came from all over the world to receive the baptism of the Spirit. So I will start with this, the story of the anointing in the Bible. See, it's religion, religion is not enough. And I, I'm not preaching against religion because even the Bible talks about pure religion that's undefiled, right? But I want you to know, religion in itself will not save you. Religion in itself is not, will not be the answer when crisis comes your way, religion will not do it. And if that's your expectation, you're going to be disappointed in every church you go to. But there is a power of the anointing that can come and rest upon a person and fill the longing in their soul like nothing else can do. We find in the scripture this anointing, probably other times, maybe by other uh, words, other uh, verbiage. But we find one instance where Samuel came, who was the prophet, and he anointed a shepherd boy by the name of David. And when he anointed him, he spoke over this shepherd boy. It looked to be an impossible task. He said, this boy, who was Actually, the youngest of all of the sons of Jesse. And Jesse didn't even bother to call him in because he was just the young boy, the young lad. But finally, Samuel said, you sure you don't have any other sons? Because see, the anointing will speak. The anointing will guide. The, the anointing will speak to the preacher. And the prophet said, I'm sorry, they're big and they're brawny and they're tough, but they're not the ones. You sure you don't have one more? Yeah, well, there's the boy. He's out taking care of the sheep. Well, we're not going any further till you bring the boy in. And so they called for David to come from the sheepfold. Now, there's a lot of typology in what I'm speaking to you today. I watched young people come to this altar, young ladies, young men. It's not about gender. The Bible is not about gender. It's about all humanity. It's about everyone. If we've ever lived in an hour where we need everyone that's in the body to rise to the occasion to make a difference in our world, it's the time we are living in now. There's a spirit that's calling people back. There's a spirit, there are people here today that weren't here last week, maybe even the week before. But you're here today, and it's no coincidence because there is a pull of the Spirit of God that is calling people to come and be anointed that you might make a difference in your world. And you may be, you may think of yourself as David. This shepherd boy, not a lot of talent, just taking care of sheep. But Samuel speaks over him, 
and says, this is going to be the next king. Now, I'm going to tell you, there was a long journey from David the shepherd boy to David the king. But the anointing was not deterred. The anointing was not going to leave David. It was going to propel David through uh, actions that are just, uh, they're, they're indescribable in some ways. For example, when David, find, he went to take lunch to his brothers and ended up uh, fighting a giant. And I don't know what that giant is in your life, but you're going to need the anointing of God to overcome some of the giants that are threatening to take you out. You're going to need the anointing of God to overcome some of the giants that you become accustomed and you have been willing to live with in your life. When they questioned David, David said, well, I don't know about all that, but I, when I met the lion, I just killed him with my bare hands. And when I met the bear, I, because the anointing rests upon you, until the time of fulfillment. You may have been in a Sunday school class somewhere and visited a church. It didn't matter what the name of the church was. It could have been Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, could have been, hello? Could have been Buddhist, could have been Hindu, could have been anything. When the presence of the Almighty God hovered over you and you began to feel an eternal destiny. Hello? you Now, if you're just... Got a problem with that? Pray through. But I'm telling you, God is calling people from all walks of life. The enemy of God, Satan, has declared that there will, he will, there will not be a revival, but God himself has put it on paper in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And so David, he called out the giant Goliath. And then, how in the world? I want you to, I, I have a question for you to answer in your mind as we go through this next little bit. How, how shall we do this? How are we going to impact St. Mary's County? How are we going to see um, my, so many, so many problems, so many broken people, people here today whose hearts and lives have been broken, families have been broken, people all around us, all the issues that we're faced with in our world, that the government just keeps trying to throw money at it. But money is not the answer for the problems our world is facing. Politicians are not the answer for the world that we're facing. I'm telling you, Christ in you is the answer for our world. Jesus living in you and through you is the answer for our broken world. He can heal your broken heart. And so it was that David, under the unction of the anointing, killed the giant. It wasn't over. He didn't become the king right away. As a matter of fact, the, the, next, the previous king, King Saul, uh, decided to kill David. And it was quite a while he chased David around trying to take his life. But let me tell you something. When the anointing is on you, 
I don't care what the devil threatens. I don't care what he does. You may feel today, you may be a part of this body and feel like you still have not arrived at the place where God has destined for you. Just hang on. Don't give up now. The anointing is working. The anointing is working. God is going to raise people up. It's going to blow your minds what God is going to do in this end time. Brother Andre, Jesus is the winner. He's not the loser. I read the back of the book. He will win. And through the power of the anointing, he will raise up a people that he said they were not a people, but he will call them his people. So we find these illustrations. I mean, and there are all kinds of illustrations. Samson, man, he had women problems. Hello? <laughs> but God put an anointing upon him. He was a miraculous child from even as an early, his early childhood, there was a destiny for him. Said, but he was messing, but God doesn't remove the destiny that he has spoken into your life, even if you don't realize it yet. The Spirit of God is it's moving people toward that destiny where God will accomplish what he promised. His promises are yea and amen. It shall be done. It shall be done. So we find in the Old Testament there are many stories, many illustrations I can use that that the king was anointed to become the king, the priest was anointed to become the priest, and the prophet was anointed to become the prophet. These are positions of calling. There is a calling of God that's happening in our world. Earlier this year, we saw some evidence of it at Asbury College. The Spirit of God is calling people. We cannot stand in our uh, ivory towers and determine who it is that God is calling where he's working today. He might be working down at Holy Face Church. He might be, hello, he might be working down. You have to understand from the north and the south and the east and the west, they will come. They will come. Every tribe, every tongue, every culture, they're going to come. And these are positions of calling. But the anointing is the seal. The anointing is the empowerment. Way too many people have tried to fulfill their calling without the anointing. Too many people have gone too quickly. They should have waited at the altar for the anointing to come. There are people here today that God has put a calling on your life, and you feel it. You come to church, maybe not even just here. You go to a church where the presence of God is, and maybe you weep as you feel the presence of God. Or there have been other times where you prayed, and God answered your prayer. God has been a merciful God and a kind God. But to fulfill the calling, it's going to take the anointing. Now... Now, here's what he said in the last days. He's going to pour out his spirit. And then Paul writes about the last days, and he said perilous times are going to come. Uh, times of intense pressure, times of struggle, great struggle, uh, things that 
maybe generations before us have not seen or uh, we are seeing them today. The breakdown of moral fiber, the breakdown of families, the destruction of uh, morality that's happened in our world as never before. No generation like this generation. No generation has suffered like this generation the breakdown of things that God had put in the hearts of people over years. But we are faced with it today. And God's answer for it has always been, he said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So these positions of calling are going to be empowered by the anointing. So the spirit is being poured out. It's like last week the young lady that we heard about who received the baptism of the spirit in the grocery store because God is going to do what he said he's going to do. It's not only in this local building, but it's all around the community. God is moving. His spirit is moving. The anointing is what empowers us. It's not enough to know what to do. You must be empowered to do it. The spirit will move upon your heart through the calling and say it's time to go, to go forth, to do the work of God. But uh, you can't do it without the anointing. Don't, don't run too fast. We had a great move of the Spirit here at this altar. And uh, it, it is it's an incredible feeling to feel the anointing of God. But the anointing of God is not just about feeling. It's not just because we have uh, become Pentecostal and we feel God. It's more than that. The purpose of the anointing is the empowerment to do the will of God, to do the work of God. Uh, symbols of the anointing. Well, or the oil is what's most widely used in the Scripture. For example, uh, when we, they, the lady came here today and we prayed with our sister, we anointed her. Now, that's biblical. All right, it's just, I don't know, sometimes people come to church and we think they all know this. I don't know what they do or don't do in other churches. What I do know in the old-time Pentecostal church, they pulled out, the, I've seen them take a whole bottle of oil and pour it on people. Hello? Now, I'm not telling you, like, I think, okay, we could be a little, we could save a little on the oil. But it's, it's a symbol of, of the, you can read in Mark, I believe it's in Mark chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, that it's speaking, these are, these are disciples, these people are just learning to follow Jesus, and they are sent out, and I never read this actually before, I, I knew it's a practice in the New Testament church, but I didn't know that it was a practice of the followers of Jesus found in the four Gospels. But in the book of Mark, it says that he sent them forth, and the first thing that happened, they cast out devils. Hello. We're, you know, I, I don't know if you all are aware, but we're living in some really dark spiritual times. And the church is going to have to become empowered by the Holy Ghost to stand against these spirits of darkness. Uh, I've heard him say, no, you can't have my family. No, you can't have my family. No, you can't have my church. Those are strong words. 
and the church, the body, the anointed ones are going to have to stand up and look the devil in the eye. You can't have my Holy Ghost. You can't have my family. You can't have my church. Not by my power, but by the power of God that comes upon us through the anointing. It's not enough for the preacher to be anointed. Every believer must accept the anointing of God that's upon their life. You're going to have to become stronger than the voices of darkness in our world. You're going to have to become stronger even than the voices of religion. Because there are some, Brother Andre, that do not believe we are in a spiritual battle. They don't even believe there is a devil. But I'm here to tell you I've seen the devil work. But I'm here to tell you there is one greater. There is one greater. This anointing of which I speak is referred to in the Scripture as the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And 20 times... It's mentioned in Old Testament scriptures. Four times it's found in New Testament references, this thing called the anointing. And I've really come to make an appeal to every believer. And if you're a, a friend, a guest, a visitor here today, I pray that you've come. Somebody said, well, they're going to come and watch. They've heard about how crazy you are. And they come to watch. It's good. Just watch. Stick around. We believe, we believe in the power of God. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen dead people raised. I've seen God in our 50 years. We have watched God do amazing things. You're, you're too late to tell me it don't work. There are people here that God has healed from cancer. There are people here. They are living witnesses of the anointed power of God. So we have a tendency in our humanity, we have a tendency to pray for things. I'm not telling you that's wrong because even the Scripture says, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm telling you, I think there's a higher level or a deeper level of prayer. I think every believer in this hour is going to have to ask God, I want an anointing. I don't, I don't want to just have religion. I don't want to just join your church. I'm not asking you to just join this church. I mean, we, we welcome you, but that's not our point. Our point is we are living in a time where we must have anointed believers, anointed people who have been born again of the water and the spirit, who, are, who fear not. They don't fear. How is that possible? For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I say to everyone who maybe has walked away, there's an invitation from the anointing today. Come on back. We got work to do. There's an anointing of God that's calling to everyone who maybe you have been a great sinner, but the spirit is calling. And I say, I, I don't know, beg you is the right word, but I beseech you, Paul said. Like, I want you, I'm asking you, pray for the anointing. So you don't, I don't know what that means. No, I don't either. 
in your life. I don't know where that will lead you. I don't know what it will cause to, for you to accomplish. I have no idea what pathway God's going to take you down. But I'm asking you to trust him. He's the God who made you. He cares for you. I'm asking you just to lift your voice and say, God, I want that empowerment that David had. I want the empowerment Yes, I want the empowerment that Gideon had. I want the empowerment that the Old Testament prophets had. When Elijah stood up and called down fire from heaven, I want that anointing on the church in this hour. I am convinced we are living in the greatest hour that the church has ever been. But it will not be accomplished through our personalities. It will not be accomplished. No, we don't need... And as much as you may not like the way I'm preaching, I'm not saying you don't, but I'm telling you this. We must have an unction of the Spirit as an old-timey word. We must have an empowering of the Spirit to accomplish what the Holy Ghost is calling us to accomplish in this hour. He's calling men and women, young and old. He's calling every culture. And the way he works is this. You have to ask. Hello? He's calling you. Nobody can make you do it. But before we, uh, I'm going to close this and we're going to begin to worship. And I'm asking everyone, I'm inviting you. It's an invitation. It's given in the scripture. He said, everyone that is weary and is thirsty, he said, I will give unto you rest. Not just rest. He said, rest unto your souls. In other words, there is a purpose for which you were made. There's a purpose for which God has worked in your life. Some of you, it's maybe not noticeable, but for years, he has worked in your life. Now it's time. Now the bell is ringing. Now, hello, the time is now. Oh, believer, oh, believer, who will rise up and say, I will go? Who will rise up and say, anoint me, oh God, and I will do what you ask me to do? Come on, Joey. We need you. Isn't that amazing? Somehow we can get the idea. You know, maybe it's only in our minds, but we almost sometimes feel like we don't need one another. And that's a lie from hell. We need you, everyone. We need you, everyone. We need you to respond to that call of God today. I cannot promise you. I cannot promise you it won't involve suffering. I can't even promise. You know, when you read through the Bible, you know I'm telling you the truth. But I'm telling you there is not a greater life. There is not greater things that can happen through your own abilities. But if you will respond to the Spirit, the anointing will empower you. And God will take you places you can't even imagine. And you will speak words that you have never spoken before. So let's do it, Sister Maddie. Let's, hello. This is an old song, not so old. They, they know it, so we're good. But it was, some of you as a church will remember uh, Ron Canoli, great worship leader. Hello, in days gone by. I don't know, he still is today in my book. But, and he sang this song, Anointing. 
fall on me. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on me. And I wonder who I could persuade to step out of your comfort zone, whether it's just to the aisle or making your way to the front, and this become your plea to God. Anointing, fall on me. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.